Man, I really had you set up to be coming back with little John. Didn't wanna didn't wanna do that, huh? Wait till halftime of the visual round? Be a little bit formulaic, don't you think? Yeah. Solid word, by the way. Good for you. Um so the Chiefs had 55 sacks this past year. I guess this past season. Uh regular season. They had one, two, three. They had five sacks against Jacksonville in week seven, week eleven. Five. Now it is the playoffs, so our uh, NFL playoff coverage is brought to you by Centric. Learn more at centric.com slash 610. But again, um, Chris Jones, zero career playoff sacks. Kind of kind of an egregious stat, kind of an outlier of a stat for who Chris Jones is. He had one and a half um, in the game against the Jaguars in week 11. They had a five total as a team. Five total sacks. I just need this week to be a game in which Chris Jones kind of has that game, right? I need Chris Jones to have the, it's time, Chris. And I get it. You're a professional athlete. You don't need some blowhard on air host to tell you that, Hey, you really need to do better in the play. It's not that it's, you need to do better. I just want to see a game in which Chris Jones just completely controls it or closes it. And a lot of games this year, Chris Jones was one of those guys kind of similar to a Wade Davis type where it was second and eight, 32 yard line sack. And it's now third and 15. And there's no way this team gets the first down game over or it's third and six. Chris Jones comes through with the sack game over. I don't know if that's how it's going to happen. One of two ways. Just control the interior defensive line and offensive line and be the man that you've been all year. 15 and a half sacks, best offensive lineman in the NFL, and take control. Because you've got enough support around you that helps you be the all-pro defensive lineman that you can be. The next, what they would say, Aaron Donald. Or the new Aaron Donald. We don't even know if Aaron Donald's going to play football anymore. I assume he will. Maybe not with the Rams. But with a healthy, now this is from Tyler Simmons on Twitter. Good stat. But with a healthy Trent McDuffie, the Chiefs have not allowed a 300-yard passing, have not allowed 300 yards passing in 11 games. They allowed 300 yards passing in four of six games that he was out. The cornerback play that Spags has kind of developed has been quite interesting because never in a Spags defense has he used Legereus Sneed as a shadow corner. He's beginning to do that and has begun to do that with Legereus Sneed. It's worked out. And Trent McDuffie seems to be a hit. Seems that Brett Veach once again got it right with Trent McDuffie again Chiefs have not allowed 300 yards passing in 11 games with a healthy Trent McDuffie. They allowed 300 yards passing in four of the six games that he was out. Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, locking down receivers is only going to make that defensive line that much better. What also makes that defensive line better is the core at linebacker. Leo Chennault against the Jaguars, first career sack in that game in week 11. 
Willie Gay also with the sack in that game. And Nick Bolton just commanding the middle is one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL two years in the league. I believe Nick Bolton finished second in the NFL in tackles for a middle linebacker. And the thing that makes these guys better is all the supporting cast around them. And again, this was a defense that was inexperienced at the start of the year, a defense that maybe was going to be a little rocky. Mitch Holtis went on a show at one point, forget who it was, might have been the drive. And he had mentioned how, you know, you have to be patient with this defense. There are a lot of young guys Leo Chanel, Brian Cook, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie. They're young guys, inexperienced, and they're going to need a little bit of leeway throughout the regular season, but they've got enough supporting cast around them, and now it's almost like that has flipped. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, those guys are getting better because of the coverage on the outside from the corners, causing quarterbacks to not be able to throw it quick enough. Karloftis getting help from Chris Jones because he's causing such a wreck in the middle that they're going one-on-one with Karloftis, the league is now realizing that you might not want to do that all the time. What was Karloftis' stats? Seven sacks in his last eight games? Or seven of his eight games? In the last eight games, he had seven sacks. Karloftis turned it on towards the end of the year. He kind of figured it out. Things got a little slower. Teams were doubling Chris Jones. What happened? Then teams were starting to put more focus Towards the outside, they had to respect George Karloftis, which then led Chris Jones' time to eat. And one thing that the Chargers didn't do very well, at least in my opinion, from my point of view, was they let Trevor Lawrence kind of get out and roam. And Trevor Lawrence is no Patrick Mahomes. There is no secret there. But Trevor Lawrence is a decent quarterback when he needs to improvise. And he did that very well against Jackson or against the Chargers last weekend. In fact, one of his four touchdowns in the second half was a rushing touchdown that he was able to get to the goal line and score. The Chiefs, the way their talent survives on defense is almost like they rely on each other to do each other's job, which then creates everyone else to be able to do their job at an exceptional level. And maybe, duh, that's just the way it works. But with Karloftis seeking attention, that causes Chris Jones to lose attention. But if Chris Jones is your focus, then George Karloftis becomes the free bird. And with Willie Gay being able to do his thing outside cover and be fast, it leaves quarterbacks unable to do that outside edge rollout and then improvise. And with the corner play that's been significantly much better than in years past, It makes this defensive unit probably one of the best that Mahomes has had in his five years as a starter. And that, my friends, is absolutely terrifying to hear if you're listening to this and you're a Jags fan. And apparently tonight, there's a texter that can't understand what I'm saying. He thinks I'm calling him Little John. I'm literally, without a doubt, calling him Little John. L-I-L, Lil John. Not little, Lil John. Open up your ears. You don't need to text in all caps. I know what I'm saying. I know what his name is. I put the rundown together, and I even spelt it, L-I-L. But again, Chiefs defense getting better. 
causes that offense to maintain its path of destruction through other teams. And if you don't have the ball and Mahomes does more often than not, game's not going to go your way. And it's Mahomes, right, with an S on the end. I'm Dusty Likens, Jed Marshall. We come back. Carrington and Rob. They had interesting guests on their show from Jacksonville, from 1010 in Jacksonville. We talk about his comments and why some of them do make a little bit of sense, but also why this is a different game than they saw in week 11 here on After Hours. See, now, you put this on at halftime at, at the divisional round. I get down with some bongos and Brandon Boyd. I have twice, not personally, but I've seen him twice. He was shirtless. I was not probably wise. Just saying we talked about it a few weeks ago. I mean, it depends which dusty lichens you're getting, because if you're getting after hours image, Mm. dusty lichens, I mean, that's a man who could go shirtless. If it's like the fantasy football one where it seems like you might've been packing on a few LBs, Mm. not so much. Yeah. Not the greatest like version of me on the website. Well, at least like we had talked about then, Since you do three different things, at least they chose three (laughs) different pictures to make it, you know, keeping the continuity. Oh, wait, that's actually the exact opposite of what they did. Yeah, I was a complete lard ass. Uh, Maybe that's their swear jar. We're at like like 350 in the swear jar. Now we're like $4 now. Um, I haven't dropped any. It's me, man. I didn't say you had to. We is a show, or are you just one of these individual Joes? You one of these guys? Yeah, you are such a scumbag. Golly, man. Wow. I got I just, well, you just, you would, you can't, see, you can't do these things. Do what? Hijack these the are, show? No, that's fine. Oh, okay. But there's people like you out there that do things, and then you get called out for it, and you act like it's the worst. Like, what? Me? Scumbag? You just admitted to being an individual guy on, on a team show. Individuals. And then, and, and then when I go, that's a scumbag's mentality. No. Oh, my gosh. It's a who winner's are you? mentality. I guess. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I went from like 248 pounds on, what is it, the Red Reaction Show? Is that the one it is? Then uh, uh, you could clearly tell that I was like in a relationship, lost some weight. Then you could tell that I was out of a relationship, went completely skinnier. Um, so, hey, there we go. See, look, from the 816, nah, Dusty is sexy. Sexy is a loose term when you describe me. It's very loose. Um, Maybe that was part of the issue with why the relationship failed is that you dropped all the weight. No, no, I don't think that was, I don't think that was part of the issue. Really? Mm-hmm. Should we get more into that? No. Oh, no. Okay. This is a sports show, um, and uh, the future is bright for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so I thought... We get a little bit of some unbiased opinions today for the uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs versus Jacksonville. By the way, very two hours ago, Tua Tugavailoa tweets. I, I can't make this up. Uh, he tweets, when one chapter ends, another begins. Proud of the last one. Excited for the next one. Does he mean season? Because he has two pictures. And one of them, he's in a huddle with all of his teammates. And then in the other one, he's like, it's kind of spiritual. Yeah, like there's like clouds and it's it's I don't know. I don't want to use the term holistic because I don't think that's it. But it's uh, it's very like gaudy, right? Like I'm it, it just it, it maybe it's me. And even Paul Charchin, he responds in a quote tweet and says cryptic unless he's very excited about his book club. Paul Charchin knows more about football than you and I combined. That is very fair. Yes, Jed. 
you can you can be a Richard all you want, but that's that's one hundred percent the guy's in the in the in the fantasy football hall of fame that he created, and he didn't even put himself in it. Better than Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth sucks, by the way. I don't like that guy. Never, never really have. Um, but I think the thing that's interesting is that um Ryan Green, um a man that does Hacker after dark, uh, Ryan Green of 1010XL in Jacksonville. He joined the drive yesterday, and I thought he said a few things that were interesting about the Jacksonville Jaguars. One is the one that I think is the most important, that this isn't just a walkover uh, game for the Chiefs. But uh, if the Kansas City fans listening think that this is a Jaguar team that they think they're going to walk over, I would pump the brakes a little bit on that because this is a team that in the last two months beat a healthy Lamar Jackson in Baltimore beat a healthy Dak Prescott and Dallas and just knocked off Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So like I said, they do have a lot of confidence coming into this matchup. I think Chiefs fans are smart enough to realize that when Ryan Green says this, he does not think the Jags will win, but he's not saying that it's going to be a game that's going to be 33 to 10. And I I thought it was interesting because I was listening to um Chris Broussard and Nick Wright today on TV, and and they were starting to use what we use against the Chiefs to describe if they're up to par with what people think they are in the league. And I thought one of the things that was interesting is that Chris Broussard came to Nick Wright and said, oh, so Buffalo didn't beat Miami by 20 points, so we think Buffalo has some concerns. And Nick Wright, like, stopped in his tracks and was like, wait a second, wait a second. That's exactly how we judge the Kansas City Chiefs because every single game – Everybody thinks the Chiefs will win like 42 to 10. At least most people. In fact, I think the Chiefs have only been underdogs twice in the last two seasons. I think one was against the Bills this year, and maybe the other one was against the Bills last year. I could be wrong. It's not le- it's it's less than four they've been the underdog. And the Chiefs against the spread is never good because the Chiefs are always favored by a ton of points. This weekend, they're favored by nine and a half or nine, depending on which book you use. And I've mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about it again. I think you should definitely take the Chiefs and the points this week. Last time they played the Jags, they were nine and a half point favorites, and they won 27-17, and that's with a garbage time touchdown with 236 left from Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence. But Ryan Green goes on to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars could win if... The Jaguars win? It's not rocket science. The Chiefs have lost three games this year to Indianapolis, to Buffalo, and to Cincinnati. And in all three games, the team that beat Kansas City ran the ball. In the Colts' case, they didn't run the ball for a lot, but they ran the ball uh, a quantity of times to take time off the clock. So Jacksonville has to run the ball. Jacksonville has to keep Mahomes on the sideline. And Trevor Lawrence has to play the way he's capable of playing. And if those things happen, Jacksonville does have a puncher's chance. And again, I believe... And some of that as well, except for the last time the Chiefs played this Jacksonville team, their leading rusher only ran the ball for 45 yards. In fact, I think Trevor Lawrence ran it for 26 or so yards. They ran for less than 80 yards on the ground as a team. Trevor Lawrence obviously isn't somebody who's going to run it like Daniel Jones or as Saquon Barkley calls him, Vanilla Vic. His nickname, not mine. Um, And I think that Jacksonville can run the ball. I think Travis Etienne is a dang good running back. Not going to cuss. I don't want to add any more money this week. But I think Travis Etienne, if he can get going, can be a dang good running back, can get the wheels turning, can get it going. 
But I think also this screams a game in which I don't think the Chiefs are going to allow a team to run the ball. I think everything gets more focused for Kansas City in these types of games. And Doug Peterson, being the guy that he is, knowing who he has at quarterback, isn't going to run the ball. So I don't think that that is relevant. I think Ryan Green is credible, but I don't think that is a relevant thing to say because I don't think Jacksonville is going to try to run the ball. I think Doug Peterson is going to try to shock the Chiefs. I think that's his move. If I have to call out a poker hand, like you get all the time when you play with your buddies and there's that one guy that maybe you are a little bit more superior than and you got him on a hand and you're like, you know what? You're only playing if you've got a pair. But the pair that I think you have is mid-pair. It's like a seven or it's a six. So you're going big. That's what Doug Peterson will do. Doug Peterson isn't going to conservatively play this game. I don't think that they run the ball very much because A, I don't think they're going to have the room to run the ball and B, it's a whole other animal. And the last time you tried that, it didn't work. And there's a pretty big guy that blocks the middle of the field named Chris Jones. He wears 95. It'll be in red in case you're looking for it. Also, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, the last time they played, did things that maybe they were out of characteristic for them. They then, the last eight games, they go 7-1, and one, the one loss being the Chiefs in week 11, but they don't lose again. Doug Peterson has the whole thing about the crystal ball, and going back, Ryan Green says this is probably one of the reasons why Jacksonville lost. And in that game, Riley Patterson, the field goal kicker here, who's been automatic basically all year, missed two field goals. It was clearly his worst game. Christian Kirk had him hit right in the breadbasket inside the 10-yard line. He dropped it. It would have been a goal-to-go situation. The Jaguars did an onside kick at the beginning of the game, didn't do anything with it, forced Kansas City into three turnovers, didn't take advantage of that, and had a touchdown called back because an illegal lineman downfield. Now, I know that's a lot of ifs and a lot of things happen, but the Jaguars did not do themselves any favors. You're not going to beat Kansas City on perfect days, much less uh, on non-perfect days. So Jacksonville has to play a lot better, but I do think that this is a much better team, a much more disciplined team, not committing as many penalties, not dropping the ball as more, making their field goals. And if they do that on Saturday – I do give them a puncher's chance because there is something to be said about momentum. And coming from 27-10 down to beat Dallas, coming from 10 down in the AFC South title game to beat Tennessee, and then last week obviously coming from 27 nothing down to beat the Chargers, there is a lot of belief in this locker room, in this city, that something kind of special at least has been going on to this point. And we'll see if they can carry that on the road with them on Saturday. Big if coming up on Saturday for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the only way they lose this game is if the Chiefs do what they did against the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Jones or somebody gets called for something late. The Stars tend to do a little things that get a little shaky. But again, Chiefs lost three games this year. Combined total of 10 points. Three games, 10 points. And again, to clean up my stat from earlier, if the Chiefs can beat Jacksonville this weekend, they will then have beaten every single AFC South opponent in the playoffs. Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, now Jacksonville. So, again, look for Doug Peterson to do something cheeky again. I don't know what it'll be, but I don't think it's going to be run the ball. I do expect the Chiefs to win this game on Saturday. But coming up on the other side, there are a lot more things to be talked about other than the Chiefs and the Jags. We have the bets of the weekend. Let's bet it and predict it when it comes to the divisional round here on After Hours with Jed Marshall and Dusty Likens.
Probably my third favorite Grateful Dead song. I don't even think you know the name of this song. I do, and I can't remember it at the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, that's right always, yeah. No, I turn it up. Yeah. The What's the name of this one? Though? I don't know. I just always call it Roll Away the Dew. Well, that's not the name. I know it's not. Just give me some time. Are they going to say it? No, it's very subtle, actually. He, Jerry does mention it in the song, but it's not in the chorus, obviously. What is it? Franklin's Tower? That's right. No, it's. It, I mean, it is 100% right, but the fact that you tried to play it off like you knew it. No, Sugar Magnolia is probably my favorite Uncle John's band, too, and then this one. That's You're such a want to be Grateful Dead fan. Oh, I'm glad. Anybody who, who sits and says, oh, you know what songs I really love? Truckin'. All of the best from uh, Skeletons and the Closet. You mean the greatest hits album? Have you mm. listened to any of the actual music? Yeah, well, I have actually. Uh, I listened to their stuff from the 70s when they were on LSD. So how do you like me now, Jed? I like you just fine. It has nothing to do with whether I like you or not. It's the fact that you're trying to act like you know a lot about music. And as we found out on this show, you don't really know all that much about music. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bruce Springsteen, I know that you're amped for that show. I yep. can't wait to February get into that playlist. February 18th is the day of that show. Good times. I just don't understand like why you say I don't know anything about music. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't know anything about good music. Ah. That was... Okay. I forgot it left out a word. Taylor Swift Opposite. joined the 1975 in London. Very good uh, uh, surprise there. She did a rendition of the song The City, in case you're familiar with that. Nope. Um, here's a musical trivia question for you. Do you know who whistles in the City on the Dock by the Bay song? Otis Redding? He does not. I have no idea. Yeah, you don't know anything about good music. No, I don't. We fact, had that. The trivia question goes as follows. Otis Redding died in a plane crash on his way to Wisconsin. He was recording the song Sitting on the Dock by the Bay. He did not finish the third verse. The producer of the song, I don't know the name, it is irrelevant, didn't know what to do, so he just started whistling. It so happened to be the iconic ending to that song of Otis Redding, Sitting on the Dock by the Bay. You're welcome. I mean, if you think you're better than me, we had that song on our jukebox when I was growing up on the 45. So Mm -hmm. I never said I was better than you. I'm just saying I actually... Six years old, man. I'm very passionate about music. And the fact that you say they don't know anything about good music is very disappointing. You just have a certain demographic of music. That's not true. I like all things. Mm. Okay. I don't think you do. Because you made me put together a Bruce Springsteen playlist that took a lot of time. Did it really, though? Kind of, yeah. Well, kind of. Now, see, you always backtrack. You you said, oh, I know this Grateful because Dead song. I say, Doesn't know the name. Well, did it take a lot of time? You just mentioned it did. Well, kind mm-hmm. of. So which is it? Did because it- ki- a lot of time is vague. It took me two hours. It took you two hours to put together that turd? Mm-hmm. Very disrespectful of you, by the way. Very disrespectful. If you, you ask me, turd. if you ask me to put you together a playlist of any artist, regardless of how much I like them, mm-hmm. it would take me... 20 minutes at the most. And that's even like deep diving. No, two hours? That's, yeah. that's because I considered, uh, can obviously notice the suffix, um, a friend and thought that maybe you would enjoy it. Um, now knowing that you don't, and to put in songs that aren't the fake Bruce Springsteen fan, oh, I love Born to Run, oh, I love Glory Days, Dance in the Dark. No, I put Racing in the Streets. Put Rosalita in there. Put Jungle Land in there. Big hits. 
Forgot about Waiting on a Sunny Day on the album The Rising. Came out after 9-11 happened to City of Ruins. Also on there. How you doing? Take that for data. Um, this weekend, speaking of data, let's talk about some of the bets and the predictions that I have for this weekend. Obviously, we start with your local game, the Chiefs and the Net and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're good. I think the Chiefs are good here. Chiefs are favored by nine, according to DraftKings. I think I'm taking the Chiefs. I don't think I am taking the Chiefs. Now, there are a few what you would call upsets in these picks. I'm not going to just hammer every favorite and tell you to join me in the game. But tomorrow morning, we'll be on from 10 to noon. I will re- elaborate what I'm taking. And again, I'm starting with the chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are the first two games tomorrow. Uh, starting at three 30 Kansas city minus nine. I think you have to take the chiefs minus nine. Jacksonville is in uncharted territory. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. Last time they played, the chiefs were favored by nine and a half. They did cover. In fact, they covered the entire game. Uh, they were nine and a half point favorites. They covered. I don't want to take the over under that one's a little too suspect for me because I could see this game being 17 to three chiefs and then Andy Reed kind of going, okay, we'll go back to the old script that we had and let's just play, you know, week 11 Jacksonville. Let's not play divisional round Jacksonville. We've still got some nuggets in our play sleeve. We don't need to release. So take the chiefs minus nine. If you're with me, when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, New York giants game, I like the giants plus seven and a half. I know there's a lot of you out there maybe rolling your eyes, maybe considering yourself, okay, you had me at Chiefs minus nine, but Giants plus seven and a half. How are you going to say that? Because of this, Jalen Hurts missed a lot of the end of the season, and then Philadelphia got a bye week. So Philadelphia really hasn't been a unit together on the field in live action for about five weeks, close to a month and a half. That concerns me. I don't think they lose, but this game to me screams Philadelphia drives down, kicks a field goal. Their defense holds game over sweat off the brow. Philadelphia. Congratulations. You are playing a home NFC championship game. I like the touchdown and a half for the giants, the giants. Yes. Playing with house money. This is also the third time the division teams play each other. Buffalo was favored by 13 and a half against Miami. Buffalo did not win by 13 and a half. Cincinnati was favored by nine and a half against Baltimore. They did not win by nine and a half. I like the Giants seven and a half plus. I like the Chiefs nine negative. Take the Chiefs minus nine. Take the Giants plus seven and a half. Moving on to Sunday. Cincinnati at Buffalo. Maybe you're all with me on this one, but I really like Cincinnati plus five and a half. I think Cincinnati wins this game outright. I think if you wanted to, you could even tease this down to three and a half, two and a half, depending on what that does to your overall line. But I like Cincinnati plus five and a half. If Buffalo's going to win, it's going to be by a bass field goal, or it's going to be by less than five and a half. Maybe Buffalo's covered the entire game and then Cincinnati comes down, gets a garbage touchdown onside kick. Doesn't recover it. Buffalo squeaks by, but I like Cincinnati plus five and a half. So you have two dogs. The other one is Dallas at San Francisco. Take San Francisco minus four enough set. I think Dallas played for everything they had in that game against Tampa Bay. I think beating Tom Brady and getting a playoff win was kind of, 
not necessarily their Super Bowl, but it was one of those things where you looked at you looked at Dak's future and Mike McCarthy's future. I still think that Mike McCarthy's future is probably screwed because I think they do lose to San Francisco. And I think Jerry Jones wants a different voice and a different face running that franchise. And as we all know, head coaches don't really last long with Jerry in command. Dak Prescott is not going anywhere. He makes too much money unless there is some sort of wild blockbuster trade in the offseason, which who's to say it doesn't happen with crazy Jerry doing things in Dallas. But I do like San Fran minus four. I think Brock Purdy does okay. Micah Parsons kind of got beat up in that game against Tampa Bay when they played. Um, So that kind of concerns me to see what kind of defense Dallas brings, even though Dallas's defense is a little bit more decent than people may give it credit for. You still have digs. You still have Parsons. You still have a solid defensive line. But again, I think the Tampa Bay game was kind of Dallas's. We're going to give it our all. And who knows, man? You know that kicker still shook. Four missed field goals or extra points. Wasn't good. Not the greatest performance in NFL timeline, history, whatever you want to call that. But again, to recap, in Saturday's games, I like the Chiefs minus nine. I like the Giants plus seven and a half. I like Cincinnati plus five and a half over Buffalo. And I like Dallas, or I like San Francisco minus four over Dallas. I think San Francisco has another blowout. I think the Chiefs win by at least 10 or more. And I think the Giants keep that thing closer than people think. I know the last time they played, it was a blowout. That was peak Philadelphia, peak Jalen Hurts. But again, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. They haven't really been together for a full squad in quite some time. I know they played together in the last game of the season. It didn't seem right. It's a divisional game. Take seven and a half from the Giants. Take minus nine from Kansas City. Five and a half plus for Cincinnati. Minus four, San Fran. We come back. A little college basketball. One of the best college basketball games this season was played on Monday, Tuesday night. K-State, Kansas. Can K-State get it over the hump again? And a little bit of what you might call a trap game. Plus, who made the better hire, Mizzou? Or K-State. All of that next on After Hours with Jed Marshall. This song always reminds me of Kingpin and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Yep. It's what Lucas just mentioned in here, who's shadowing in here tonight. He mentioned, oh, Tony Hawk and something about that, but we were coming back on the air, so I didn't really hear all of it. Might be one of the best video games of all time. The original one? Yeah. It's definitely up there. I actually would make the argument that Tony Hawk 2 is better. That's one with the mall, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. First one has the warehouse. Yeah, that's warehouse where you can do, if you played with Bob Burnquist, mm-hmm. the backflip into one-footed Smith grind, and you mm. could get a million points quite easily on that level. The best level was uh, the Chicago level, where you had your your first skate competition. Mm. Wow, that was a much deeper conversation than I thought we were going to have. Based Did off you my watch the documentary on Tony Hawk? I did not. It's pretty solid. It's pretty interesting, like, the relationship he has between he and his father. Um, at the time when he was coming up, like his dad was one of those like trailblazers for skateboarding. And he had to basically tell his dad, like, stop coming to competitions. People are judging me differently because you're here. 
Oh, whoa. It's pretty deep, man. Like, it was it was a really good documentary. It's on HBO, I believe. Okay, so I can find it on any streaming service. We have all of them between yeah. me and the wife. Yeah, if you go to HBO Max and just type in Tony Hawk, I'm sure it's on there. Also, The Last of Us, very funky. Uh, watch that this, uh, this Sunday. It was uh, quite interesting. When that grandma went full possessed in the chair, I was I was locked in. Have you had a chance to get to the? Uh, it's like number two trending on on uh, Netflix, but it's about some like mallet murderer. Have you seen anything about You're talking this? Talking about Kai, the the hatchet murderer. That's what it is. Have you seen that? Yep, I heard that's very good. Do I need to watch that? Uh, you'll enjoy it. Um, I just remember, which is weird. I'm not trying to be one of those like, oh guys, but like. I remember back in the day, because I used to listen to Jim Rome religiously. Like, every day I listened to Jim Rome. Because he, uh, yeah, he was on this station uh, before this station had evolved into, like, Nick Wright, which then became Danny Parkins, which is now Carrington Harrison from that time slot. And Rome, I think, was on from, like, 1 to 5. And I would listen to Rome, and he talked about Kai. He's a hitchhiker who took a hatchet to this guy's head. He's famous for doing the smash, smash, smash. Well, this guy uh, smoked a joint with Kai, and then he pinned this person who happened to be African-American, and he went full racist and tried to kill this person. And then Kai becomes this, like, local hero, and then the rest is for you to watch of how it develops. But, yeah, he used a hatchet, which is, I mean... Gnarly, because I think Hatchet, I think Mel Gibson, Patriot, scene in the creek where he's just like smashing this guy's face over and over and over again. This might stun you. You've never seen the Patriot. Doesn't stun me at all. Really? No. I'm kind of a film buff as well. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Favorite yeah. movie of all times, Ghostbusters. How could that? If when you can speak that greatly about a cinematic masterpiece, I mean, it's hard not to. Not to agree. Are you the gatekeeper or the key holder? Neither. I'm Ray Stans. Key master. Neither. You're Ray? Yeah, R.I.P. to R.I.P., man. Wait, no, Did that's Dan Aykroyd die? No, Egon's dead. Yeah, yeah, Harold Ramis. By the way, I think it's Remus. It's uh, Ramis. But I think it's Remus. It's not. Okay, it's Remus. Uh, he also, he, I believe, created Animal House and Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Tony Hawk 3 was the best. No, it wasn't. I respect your opinion, but it wasn't. I was out there collecting videotapes and glass boxes before some of these people in the text line were probably born. Um, everyone agrees with me on Bruce Springsteen, which is awesome. I enjoy that. But one thing I do want to talk about, because I think college basketball is at the peak. Uh, not, no, it's not. It's getting ready to hit the peak of the season. College basketball is perfect tomorrow because KU will play at noon. That'll give you some time to, uh, to kind of like, Burn some time between the Chiefs and the Jags. Uh, K-State, Texas Tech, that's also at noon uh, or at 1. I'm sorry, that game is at 1. Their coverage begins at noon. You can hear that immediately after me from 10 to noon tomorrow as we get you set up for the Chiefs and the Jags uh, tomorrow for uh, Saturday's divisional playoff round game. But Kansas at noon versus TCU is where I like to start because that's got the most juice to it, in my opinion. Um Number 14 goes to number two, Kansas TCU. I think they're a decent team. I think they have some good upside. Uh, I love their coach. He gives me that real greasy Vegas kind of look, but also has the the mentality and the smarts to be 
excellent college basketball coach. Kansas coming off the loss to K-State in K-State where I still can't believe Bill Self called that timeout with Jalen Wilson shooting the three that he made after the team was like, at one point, I think they were like five of 25 from the three. Grady Dick was what? One of nine for the night. Not a good performance. Your alma mater, Jed, not mine. Uh, the next game that we can talk about is Texas Tech at Kansas State. Little bit of disrespect for Kansas State, in my opinion. They're five-point favorites in this game versus Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to go to the tournament, I think. They're 10 and 8 right now. They'll probably be 10 and 9 after this game, and then they'll win a few games and they'll get into the tournament of the Big 12 tournament and they'll make some noise enough. They're Big 12 decent, which means they're college basketball good enough. Big 12's loaded this year, man. Iowa State, Kansas, K-State, Texas Tech, TCU, loaded division this year. Texas, you really think Texas Tech will make the tournament? I mean, I do. they're winless in the conference right now. As of right now. And a 10 and 8 team. I get that you're talking about the depth of the Big 12 and how it's right. probably arguably the best conference in college basketball this season. But no, Texas Tech is not making the tournament. Their whole season was basically played when they were in a hard-fought battle which they ended up losing mm-hmm. against Texas. But to me the the shine's completely off Mark Adams. I know that you want to talk about He's in a weird spot because it's just his second year and his team plays hard sure. and they'll really defend you. But no, Texas Tech is not making the tournament. I mean, they got West Laughable. Virginia. They have West Virginia, LSU. Uh, they have Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia, Oklahoma. They have many games they can win. They get to 18, 19 wins, eight or nine more wins. They get into the tournament, make, a, make it past the first couple of weekends. They're going to get some credibility because of the division that they play in. But if you start looking at their conference schedule and start trying to pick off wins, where are you seeing it? I, I just don't, did it. You think they're going to beat Texas? Yeah. You think they're going to beat Oklahoma State? You think they're going to beat LSU? You think that they're well, going to LSU's not a conference team. I get, but they're, they're playing in the SEC, in the SEC Big 12 yeah. challenge. So, I, it, I mean, they, they're I, all on the schedule. I think they could beat Oklahoma. I think they can beat Texas at home. I think they have an upset somewhere on the schedule, whether it's Kansas State, whether it's, you know, Baylor when they play him again at Baylor. So there's three wins. Yep. I think they beat LSU. There's four. I think they beat West Virginia again. There's five. And upset is six. Now they're at 16 and nine, 16 and 10. You get a couple wins. You get into the Big 12 tournament. You get to 19 wins. That RPI looks a little bit better than someone in the ACC, other than which is not a great division this year. Or it looks better than someone that's in the Big Ten. Also a very weak division. A team that's going in with six conference wins. You're trying to tell me is going to make the tournament. They're going to finish last Okay. in the Big 12. There, there's no way. I What wager would you like to make? Let's do, the, let's do that. I'm not a betting guy. That's a bold-faced lie. I don't know why you would go out of your way to lie to the listeners of this fine program. Yep. Well, I'm not a betting guy. So. I know that's not true, though. You bet on... Uh, application why is it any different from making a bed with your former or bet with your former friend yep they could beat oklahoma state twice west virginia twice oklahoma they could beat baylor they can beat tcu there's a lot of wins right there bro and then they're then they're a tournament team and again you're so confident in it that you're unwilling we don't even have to put money on it mm-hmm. you're unwilling to make why that would wager. you make a wager with no money because you're apparently too scared to make the wager. I asked you to put your money where your mouth was. You said you don't bet, which I called you out for lying. Mm-hmm. And now, when again, when push has come to shove, you've said, no, I'm, I'm too nervous to make this bet. Because you're right, Jed. Well, it's not a bet that I would make. I, I mean, I would bet you right now. You can take Jacksonville plus nine tomorrow if you want. But you and I don't disagree about that game. I guess that's where it 
the the distinction comes down to. You and I are clearly on very different sides of what Texas Tech is as a basketball program this year. Pat Mahomes is going to go back and play for Texas Tech. I don't think he's going to, actually. He's going to go back and get his master's degree in red shirt. He still actually has, I think, 18 hours left until he graduates. That's so he weird could, that you know that. I remember him talking about it mm. when he came out of the draft. Oh, that he had 18 hours left? Mm-hmm. What's another weird random stat you can pull right now from your mind? About Patrick Mahomes or yeah. just in general? Mahomes. Uh, Come on, Jed. Come on. We got one more game to talk about. You got all this. You can pull out his 18 like months. Credit hours, right? Oh, Not man. months. 18 credit hours. Credit he probably hours. could wrap that up even online, but who knows? Ooh. It was nice knowing you, Jed. That was a good, that was a good topic there. Um, and then the last game is uh, Mizzou, who is a tournament team. I think we can both agree on that, right? I think we're both. We're both in agreement there that Mizzou is going to make the tournament. I think uh, I think we can agree to that. Missouri is a six-point underdog at home versus Alabama, 5 o'clock on Saturday tomorrow. So after the cheat, well, I guess it would be about halftime. You can turn over to the Mizzou game. Plus, five, or plus six, Mizzou against Alabama. Look, I like Mizzou's head coach. I like K-State's head coach. As of right now, and you're going to probably think I'm crazier that I'm high. I'm not on either one. Well, I'm not high, but I will say this. I don't know who made the better hire. Is it Jerome Tang or is it Denny Gates? Who's the better hire for the universe? Actually, the other question would be who stays longer? Gates or Tang? And I hope you don't think that I'm being sexual with those names. I'm just saying, like, Gates, Tang, who stays? Who's the better hire? I kind of think K-State kind of has the better hire because the analogy I gave you the other night is going from Bruce Weber to Jerome Tang seems to like go from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Call me crazy. Coming up next, I think it's the Jaguars versus the Chiefs, but one thing that I have to say about this game is it's all about the old man.